Well, amen. What a great old song it is. What a great truth. Now, this is Friend Day, and I realize the weather and all that's going on. We're glad you're here. And if you have come with someone today at their uh, invitation, thank you for being here. And I'll uh, say a couple of things. You can, uh, got your Bibles now. You'll be ready for those in just a minute. But let me say something. I had, uh, have several little books that if you invited somebody, I'd like to give you so you give to your friend. And if you've invited somebody today and they're here, then you come and see me right after service. I'm going to give you something you can give to your friend. And let me just say this. I've got several of these things. Uh, if you bring someone to church uh, next Sunday and next little while, it don't have to be Sunday necessarily. If you come see me, I'll give you a little book. It's called The Gift of Friendship. And you can give them something as a friend. It's a great, great book by Dr. Sexton called The Gift of Friendship. And so if you'll do that, if you invite someone to bring them to church, if you'll come and talk to me, I'll give you a little book you can give them, okay? All right, tell your Bible. Hold your Bible up real good. Got the Word of God, this great sword of the Spirit. Now, y'all know where we're headed with this. If you've been reading your Bible this week, keep holding it up. Well, a lot of you hold it up. You had plenty of time this week, didn't you? And uh, uh, glad you're here and glad you've got the Bible with you. And I have your Bible open with me, if you will, to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. When you find verse number 9, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse number 9, if you're physically able to do so, I would invite you to stand to your feet with me, please, out of respect of God's Word. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse number 9. I'm going to read through verse number 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 12. And then I'm going to have you read one of those verses with me as a text verse this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse number 9. Two are better than one because they have good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm being alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Verse number 9 is our text verse. I want us to read that together. Are you ready? Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Today is Friend Day. Uh, I've got a, I stole the title for this message from that book called The Gift of Friendship. The Gift of Friendship. Now, by the way, the book and this message have nothing in common except the title. The Gift of Friendship. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today for allowing us to be able to come out and have this time. We can be together in thy house. And Lord, you've been so very, very good to us and you've blessed us. I thank you for these dear folk that have made their way out here today. Now, Father, I know that they've come here looking to hear from heaven. And I do not want them to feel that they have wasted their time. And so, Lord, when they leave here, I want them to be able to say it was good to be in the house of the Lord. Now, Father... I recognize two things this morning as I stand here, my inability to deliver this message and, oh, dear Jesus, my unworthiness to deliver it. And so once again, I would ask you to forgive me of my sin. Please cleanse me with the precious blood of Calvary that I can be a, a vessel fit for thy service. And the Holy Ghost, I pray you'd fill me with power and I might be able, dear Lord, uh, to preach in such a manner that every person listening to the sound of my voice would feel like this message is for them and them alone. 
May the lost be saved. May the saved be challenged. May the backslidden be reclaimed, the discouraged encouraged. And most importantly, and above all things, may Jesus Christ be glorified and have the preeminence. For it's in His name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I begin to think about this day, and God began to have my heart about it, actually, the gift of friendship. One of the things that we need in this life as human beings is we need friendships. Now, sometimes we get, uh, uh, sometimes people get very, well, I'm a loner. I don't need anyone. Well, that's really not a good thing in more ways than one. We need friendships. This passage of Scripture tells me why I need friends, and why you need friends, and why we need to give ourselves and give of ourselves. And I'll talk about that in just a moment. But there's the gift of friendship. Now, I want you to notice something. There are five important ingredients that friendships do to us found in our text. There are things that we do for them, our friends, and things they do for us. And so I wanted to just sort of lay the groundwork for this message with this text. And so go back and look at you, look at it. Will start in um, verse number nine. Two are better than one. Now, boy, that's what friendship is. You got two people; they're friends, and two are better than one. Now, why are they better than one? Number one, because they have a good reward for their labor. And I'm going to tell you, it's a great verse, a great truth that's given in this text. You know, if you're by yourself doing something and you accomplish something, I don't care what that something is, and you accomplish that thing, well, then there's a, there, there's a little bit of satisfaction in that. And you've accomplished something. Uh, sometimes I'm by myself and accomplish something I've struggled with for a long time, you know, and there's some satisfaction there. But if you're working at something with your friend and you're working together at something and you're trying to get something uh, you know, fixed and settled and accomplished. And when you get it accomplished and the reward is there, then I tell you what you've got. There's a good reward for that because you get to rejoice together. And you get to sort of uh, encourage one another and be glad there. And by the way, two are better than one. Number one, because they have a good reward for their labor. Number two, not only do they have a good reward for their labor, uh, two are better than one. They have a good reward for their labor. Watch the next thing, if you will, uh, there in uh, verse number 10. For if they fall, the one will help up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, uh, for he hath not another to help him up. Now, this verse is, and, and you know I'm a stickler for the way things are worded. It's perfect. Uh, the Bible is, is given to us absolutely perfect. It has no mistake in it. And, and, and so there's no mistake here. Notice something about the reward for the labor. Uh, start in verse 10. For if they fall. It doesn't say if one of them falls. You notice that? It says, for if they fall. And uh, as I was preparing for this message, it's really, I mean, I could quote that verse to you, but it was really the first time that I really focused on that fault. For if they fall, the one shall help up the other. And I began to think about that. And I began to think about what friends do for one another. By the way, friends do a lot of things together. And sometimes when you're doing things together and there's a good reward for your labor, boy, you're glad when something gets accomplished, but sometimes things fall apart. And sometimes you do fall. Uh, physically, if you fall. Sometimes you're, you're down. And you, you know what happens? You can help each other up. Uh, I, I mean, I've been down uh, with, with a friend 
and uh, had problems and physically and spiritually and sometimes emotionally and you fall. And you know what? One of the things is, is you help each other back on your feet. And, and, and so there's a need for friendship. By the way, if you're by yourself and you fall, you're in trouble. By the way, uh, sometimes people uh, fall physically and they can't get up. They need somebody to help them up. Sometimes people fall spiritually and they need somebody to help them get up. And sometimes people fall emotionally and they get discouraged. And that's why we have a lot of depressed, discouraged people in our country today. Uh, a lot of times they don't have anybody to help lift them up. And they need that. And so if I'm looking at friendships and the importance of friendships, uh, then uh, I, I see that two are better than one. Why are they better than one? Well, they have a good reward for their labor. They help each other in life, the trouble of life. I want you to notice the next thing. Look, if you will, in, in verse number 11. Again, if two lie together, they can have heat. But how can one uh, be warm being alone? There's a great passage of Scripture. Just give something about the physical. I want to throw something in with this. I got to thinking about that. Not just in the physical sense, but the warmth of life. Hey, isn't it a good thing to be together with one of your friends and just enjoy life together? And just enjoy what you're doing together. Just enjoy uh, accomplishing things. And it makes life warm. It makes the atmosphere warm. It makes the excitement warm. A lot of times you're by yourself and, well, there's not anybody really there to encourage you with it. It really doesn't have the warmth and you can't have the, the, the heat of life. And, and, and so uh, friends, friendships are important. They two are better than one. They have a good reward for their labor. They help in a troubled life. There's a warmth in life. And lastly, I want you to notice uh, verse number 12, and we often use this verse in weddings, and there's a great truth in it. And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now, I want you to notice something here. He says, listen, if you're by yourself and somebody uh, attacks you, you, you you're going to have a hard time. But if you've got your friend with you, then two can withstand them. Now, there's a, a lot of implication here. Number one, uh, you, you can see the physical implication of it pretty quickly. Uh, I, I mean, two, two are better than one uh, if you're going to be in some sort of battle, some sort of scuffle, some sort of fight. But, you know, there's a spiritual truth here. Oftentimes we find ourselves in, against our adversary, the devil. 1 Peter 5, 8 still says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking who may devour. Oftentimes people get discouraged spiritually when they're by themselves. And they wouldn't have been discouraged had they had some friend to pray with them and some friend to withstand with them and some friend to read the Word of God to them and to encourage them. You understand that? The same thing is true emotionally. Oftentimes people get discouraged and they're uh, down for the, the things of life. Listen, all of us are going to have problems and all of us are going to have trials and tribulations and troubles. They're, they're going to be set us on every hand. And the truth of the matter is, uh, it, it's hard to withstand that sometimes. But if you have somebody else with you, just to encourage you, just lift you up, just to help you, uh, then, then you're able to withstand what's happening. And then notice this thing ends, and I'll tie all this together into the verse, in the end of the message. And it says, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now, everything we've talked about from verse 9 through the end of verse 11, or verse 12, has been two. Two are better than one. And then we see what the friendships do, the importance of friendships, the good reward, the help and trouble in life, the warmth in life, the strength in the battle of life. We see that. But then it says, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now why? In God's great omniscience, 
great wisdom, great power, did he leave two and come to three? And it is because that that third one is the Lord himself. And if a friendship is going to be what it needs to be, it is two people that has the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of their friendship. And the Lord Jesus Christ will make that a threefold cord that is braided together. And it's braided around the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I guarantee you that is not quickly broken. There's a great truth in that. So just in introduction, we see the need of friendships. All of us need them. I need friends. You need friends. We need friendships. And I jotted a couple other things down in the way of introduction. We need friendships physically. All of us need physical friends. My goodness. Uh, we, we need friends that are uh, just uh, that's people that we've, uh, we know and, and we've been around, we work with. Uh, oftentimes, I, I did this the other day. I picked up my phone and, and I, I started calling some folks. I said, hey, listen. Uh, and and it, somebody answered the phone and said, hey, listen, I'll tell you what I can do. And a lot of times, a lot of these friends, people I've known for years and years, and we've worked together, physically worked together, we've done things together, and a lot of them say, hey, uh, a lot of them call me preacher, they don't call me Mike, someone call me Mike, it depends on our relationship, and they'll say, hey, what do you need? And I say, hey, listen, we're having a friend day Sunday, I'd like to invite you to church. And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> That's what you need. <laughs> uh, but you know why they answered my phone call? Because we're friends. You, you, you know, I got calls all the time, people call me and say, hey, you say, why are they calling you? Well, because we're friends, asking all kinds of questions. And, uh, you, you know, you need f friends physically in life. Some folk have a little hard time with that. I don't have a hard time with that. Man, if, I, if I'm needing to do something, I don't care where it's at or where it's at. If I know somebody, I'll call them. Why is that? Friendships. Friendships are important. They're important in, in your family. It's important you have friends with your, being, with your family. My goodness, husbands and wives, Elizabeth's my best friend. We do all kinds of things together. I call her all the time. She's like, why are you calling me? <laughs> I need help. <laughs> she hardly ever calls me. She don't need no help. <laughs> but uh, uh, great truth in that. Uh, and you, you need it, by the way, you need it with your siblings. You need it with your, your family. Uh, part of the thing that I see that's, that's in trouble in our country is our families are no longer friends together. They don't enjoy things together. They don't enjoy being together and spending time together. And you need that physical friendship with family. And you need it at work, by the way. Uh, one of the things we always, uh, at work, I always like to enjoy the fellowship and the friendship of the people I'm working with. And uh, you just enjoy that. You need it in society. By the way, you need it spiritually. I've been saved a lot of years now, and I tell you what I need sometimes. I need some good spiritual friends that will help me. I, do, I need that. I've got, I've got men and women that are my good friends. And they can be a hard time. I can call some of these friends and they can say, I need you to pray for me. Sometimes they can't solve anything. Boy, just knowing they're praying for me. That, that's a great truth. Sometimes I, I, I have some attack of the devil and I just, I need some spiritual friend. It's what I'm looking for. Somebody that knows God and somebody that loves God. And somebody that's going to give me the truth, even if it's a hard truth. They're going to give it to me. I need a spiritual friend. By the way, I need emotional friends. I need people to just encourage me. Sometimes life's hard. Things happen to all of us. And you get discouraged. You get depressed. And so there's an importance of friendship. And it is a gift. Friendship is not something you're entitled to. And I want to help you with something. There is a gift 
of friendship. If you have a friend, it is because the gift has been given and received. You have given them your friendship and they have given you theirs. It has been given and it has been received. The gift of friendship. Now then, having said that, I've got the introduction down. We need friends. You need friends. So I don't need no friends. Sure you do. You're going to fall sometimes, and it's better if you've got somebody to lift you up. Guarantee it. Sure you do. You're going to be attacked sometimes, and you're going to, uh, if nothing else, Satan's going to attack you, and you need somebody that's your friend to lift you up. You need friends. You need friendships. We need them. We need them physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Point number one. Once you open your Bibles, go back to the book of Proverbs. We're going to stay in Proverbs for a little while this morning, and then we're going to end in the Gospel of John. But I want you to go to Proverbs chapter, uh, the 18th proverb, the 24th verse. Now, if you were here Wednesday night, we talked about this a little bit, and I'm just going to use a principle here. I'm certainly not going to repeat Wednesday night's message, but I'm going to use the principle out of Proverbs 18, 24, and I want you to notice something. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Now, the gift of friendship is a two-sided coin. I've done said it is given and received. Someone that has friends is going to have to show himself or herself. And by the way, that's the only two there are, him and her. Just throw that in for good measure. Have to show yourself friendly. You have to show yourself friendly. Now, there's a truth in that. You have to show yourself friendly. You're, you're not going to have friends if you're, not, if, you don't, if you're not a friend yourself. And so one of the things that's important in having friendships is, is we must give our friendship to others. Now, by the way, it starts with us. I found a long time ago, if I'm going to have friends that I can't just set myself out somewhere and hope they'll hunt me up. It's not a good idea. That's a bad thing to do. As a pastor, I deal with people all the time, and sometimes people, are, uh, they, they, it's, it's, it's sad, but I deal with people, oh, nobody likes me. Well, part of the problem is, is you're probably not, you're not giving yourself to other people. Now, I recognize that when you give yourself to other people, you open yourself up to be hurt. I'm not naive to that. I recognize that you open yourself up that there could be someone that would, uh, the song they just sung about Jesus being a, a, the, the, what a friend we have in Jesus is, uh, do your friends uh, despise and forsake you? That may happen. As a matter of fact, unfortunately, it probably will if you live long enough. But the truth of the matter is, that's no reason not to try to have friends. You have to give yourself of yourself to people in order to have friends. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. I learned a long time ago, if I'm going to have friends, I must show myself friendly. You say, preacher, what in the world does that mean? Well, that means that, uh, that when I meet somebody, I greet them. Well, one of the things that's hard to do sometimes is get kids to talk. Some kids like, well, I'm shy. Well, yeah, you may be, but get over it. Well, I'm trying to help some of you right now. Well, I just don't speak much. Well, you're, you're, listen, you are depriving yourself 
of one of the greatest blessings that you can have in life, and that's friendships. And one of the things you have to do is when you see people, greet them. Uh, we were having a discussion about this, uh, Kyle and a couple of us were the other day, and it's like he said, man, I was taught that when I meet somebody to look them in the eye, get them by the hand, give them a good firm grip, and greet them. By the way, that ought to be taught. But if you're going to have friends, you're going to have to show yourself friendly. You have to show yourself friendly. Uh, you, you can walk into the most friendly place in the world, and if you just sit down by yourself and you refuse to engage anyone else, you're leaving there thinking, boy, them people are unfriendly. Great truth in that. I mean, I go to a lot of different meetings and a lot of different things, not just church. I'm involved in a lot of different things. And, and I got one or two choices when I walk in. I can either give myself and show myself friendly, or I can sit down and say, well, come and bless me if you can. Amen or on me. And that's the two attitudes we take. And, and, and so the, the scripture says, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. So if I go somewhere and I want to have friends, you know what I do? I engage people. I go around and talk to people, introduce myself to them, talk to them, find out who they are. Showing yourself friendly. Now, let's flip that coin. You know what the other side is? When you're sitting there saying, bless me if you can, when somebody comes up and shakes your hand, smile at them, look them in the eye, and talk to them. You see, you give and you receive. And if you're going to have friends, and if you're going to have friendships, you are going to have to make friends by giving and receiving. You say, well, that's just not the way I am. There's very few people that's probably cut from the womb able to do that without learning it. Now, I can name you a few, but most of us have to see the instruction that God gave me that says, Mike... If you're going to have friends, you've got to show yourself friendly. You have to receive it, and you're going to have to give it. And I have found out that no matter where I'm at in the world, been on mission trips and been people far different than what we are, and all you have to do is just engage them, and you can make friends. And one of the things I found out was in Honduras down there. First time I went to Honduras, they put us up in a hotel in the middle of town. And uh, I, I don't know, I, I move around a lot, and John wasn't there, and Sarah wasn't there, and I can't speak, I can't hardly speak English, let alone Spanish. And uh, nobody else wanted to go, and I thought, I'm going to go down to Wendy's to get me something. There's a Wendy's down there. I thought I could at least point at something <laughs> and uh, be able to get it. Well, now, now, they'll back what I'm about to say up. I found out something about down there where we're at in Honduras. Almost every place you went in, they had a guy that opened the door to let you in as a guard. And he had a gun. And of course, that didn't bother me. Guns don't bother me. And either carrying a sawed-off 12-gauge pump shotgun or, a, or an Uzi, one of the two, something like AK-47, something like that. And so this guard, I found out at Wendy's, I'd walk in there and I'd, they taught me, Ola, that means hello. And so I'd walk in, I'd smile at him, I'd say, Ola, and he'd start talking. <laughs> and, uh, and he'd sit down while I was eating and talk to me. And I'm like, really? <laughs> How you doing, buddy? <laughs> And I thought it was friendly because he was smiling. He wasn't pointing the gun at me and he wasn't racking the shell in or nothing. So it was all right. Now, there's a great truth. I could have chose to walk in there and when he opened the door, just ignored him. And you know what he would have done? He'd eyed me. Here's some American. I wonder what this guy's up to. I wonder what this guy thinks. You see, there's a verse of Scripture for that. 
A man that has friends must show himself friendly. And even somebody I couldn't communicate well with, we actually laughed a lot. I don't know what we was laughing at. <laughs> no telling what he was telling everybody, loco gringo, when I left. <laughs> I don't know. I just know this, that a man that has friends must show himself friendly. You know the reason a lot of people don't have friends? Because they never work at it. Never work at it. Next point. Not only must we show ourselves friendly, it's a gift of friendship we give and receive. I want you to notice something else. You're in the book of Proverbs. You're in the 18th proverb. Go back to the 17th proverb and verse number 17. I want you to notice something. A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Now, here's another truth about friendship. We give our friend friendship to others, and we receive theirs. But you know what you're going to find out about your friend if you're with them for a pretty good long time? You're going to find out that your friend is like you, and they're not perfect. You're going to find that out. You're going to find out that your friend is a sinner. It may shock you, but you're going to find that out. And they're going to find out that you're one. And they're going to find out that there are things that happen and things that we do that, well, we really shouldn't. But you know what a friend does? He loves at all times. Not just when it's good. Not just when we are laughing. But a friend loves when things are bad. When things are down. When you can't fix what's going on. A friend loves you. You love your friends no matter what's going on. And one thing that God wants me to do as a pastor is be friends with people. And my goodness, I have to deal with all kinds of things. and Things that sometimes I wish I didn't have to deal with. I know things I wish I didn't know. And you know what God wants me to do? Love them. And I tell them, I love you. You ought to be whooped for what you did, but I still love you. You see, there's a, a friend loves at all times. And if you're going to have a friend, ah, they're going to hurt your feelings every once in a while. And you're going to hurt theirs. It's just part of life. None of us are ever going to be perfect until we get to heaven. And you know what a friend does? A friend loves you as you are. Great truth in that. All right, let's move on. All right, so we've got to show ourselves friendly, give and receive friendship. We're going to love at all times. Now, go to the 27th proverb. And the 27th proverb, there's a lot of things I want to look at uh, in, in, in this proverb. Actually, there's three things about friendship in the 27th proverb. And, and, and we want to look at them, and, and we'll, we'll spend a little time about them. The first one is found in Proverbs 27, verses 5 and 6. Now, I want you to notice this. I want you to notice the principle involved here. Open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Now, I want you to notice the principle here. I want you to notice that he says, now listen, sometimes friends that are really your friends, they will tell you the truth because they love you. Open rebuke. Sometimes it's a wound. That doesn't mean they're not your friend. 
That means they love you enough to tell you the truth. Now, by the way, I realize as a friend that you risk your friendship when you tell someone something they don't want to hear. I realize that. But if you love them, then you have to do it. You have to have an, enough love for them to do that. And there's a great truth in that. I need friendships. I, I need friends that every once in a while say, Hey, you're an idiot. I love you, but you're a fool. What are you doing with here? What are you thinking? Where are you going with this? What direction are you going? What are you doing? You say, you need that? Absolutely. By the way, I need to have enough love for my friends to do that to my friends. Look, I got, I got friends that I love. Every once in a while, I see them doing something. And you say, what do you do to them? Well, hey, listen. I don't do it publicly. That's not ever a good thing. But I walk up to them, put my arm around them, and say, hey, listen. I'm praying for you. What are you doing? Where are you taking this thing? Why are you going that way? Look what the Bible says about this. And so another truth of friendships is speaks the truth in love. You've got to speak the truth. If you're only a friend of those people that only compliment you, you really don't have friends. You're not a good friend yourself. If you're only a friend of those people that pump you up and tell you how good you are, you probably don't have good friends. And you're not a good friend yourself. A true friend is going to be able to speak the truth and love to you. And by the way, you still be friends. And it'll, it'll strengthen your friendship, by the way. That, that's true with husbands and wives. I have to listen to what Elizabeth says, and she has to listen to what I say when we don't agree with one another. Very rarely do we not disagree because she's really smart. <laughs> There's great truth in that. You know what? You know why some marriages are in trouble? Because they're not friends. Their friendship's not there. And if they disagree with one another, man, they're in trouble. Feelings hurt and mad. Same thing with sometimes with siblings and sometimes it's true with parents and children. But there ought to be a friendship there that you can speak the truth in love and it still be there. All right. Notice what we've seen. The gift of friendship is a gift because it's given and received. What is given? Well, you love at all times and you receive that at all times. You speak the truth in love and you let the truth be spoken to you. Now go down, if you will, to the ninth and 10th verse of the 27th proverb. That's where you're at. Notice this. Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. Thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not, neither go into thy brother's house in day of calamity, for better is a neighbor that is near than a brother far off. I want you to notice something here. Uh, there's another truth. Friends ought to create sweet spirit with one another. And you ought not to forsake your friends. There is a great truth in that. There's two things in verse 10 that's always struck me interesting. He says, forsake not your friends. And then it says, notice this, nor your father's friends. I really didn't understand this real well when I was young. My dad had a lot of friends. My dad has a, a lot of friends, then I can name you some of my dad's friends. And I was around a lot. And they were my dad's friends. You understand that? And the reason I was around them because they were my dad's friends. And my mom's friends. They wasn't my friends. And sometimes I was around them because I got drug around them. You understand how that is? But as I got older, I realized some of those friends that my parents had would be my friends and would help me like they helped them if I would let them. 
And sometimes I needed to help them as my parents helped each other. You understand that? Because if I trust the judgment and love of my parents, I ought to trust the judgment and love they had as friends. Four friends. Great truth in that. All right, and so here it is. It ought to give us a sweet spirit with our friends and our father's friends, and we ought not forsake that. The last thing I want you to notice is verse 17 of this 27th proverb, and then I'm going to go to one thing and I'll be done. I want you to notice uh, Proverbs 27 17. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. You know what your friends ought to do too? That ought to make you better. When you're with your friends, they ought to sharpen you like, like a file sharpens a knife or a blade of some sort. They ought to sharpen you and make you better. If you've got a friendship that's making you worse, you're probably in trouble, and they are too. But your friendship ought to sharpen your countenance. It ought to make you a better person physically. It ought to help you spiritually. It ought to help you be stronger emotionally. Friendships are a gift. And boy, they're a wonderful gift. They're a wonderful gift. Now I've got one final thing and I'm done. Open your Bible to John chapter 15. Friendships are a wonderful thing. We need them. We need them in our life, our families, our work. We need them physically, spiritually, and emotionally. We need friendships. I'm going to tell you the best friendship that you and I have. The best friendship that you and I can have is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is truly a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He is a friend that's going to give you His love. That's already given it to you, by the way. He is a friend that's going to love you as you are. He is a friend that's going to love you enough to tell you you're wrong. He is a friend that's going to love you and pick you up and sharpen you and make you better. And He's a friend that's not never going to forsake you. By the way, no longer, even if you forsake Him at a time, He won't forsake you. What a friend we have in Jesus. You're in John chapter 15. I'll begin reading in verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you, that you may, uh, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for a servant knoweth not what the Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, and that you should bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, He may give it you. I want you to notice something about friendship here. Jesus says, now listen, there's a couple things about friendship you need to understand. He said, number one, I love you. The greatest love that any friend can show to another friend is to lay down their life for them. I have known folks that sacrificed their life literally for the life of another. They have given their life in some sort of moment in which the only way that someone else's life could be spared was them giving their life. 
What a friend. What a friend. The Lord Jesus Christ did that for you and I. You and I had something that was going to take us to a place called hell. It is my sin. It is your sin. And Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came to this earth because He loves you. No other reason. He didn't come to get notoriety or power or position. He was already God in the flesh. He didn't need any of that. As a matter of fact, He laid aside His Shekinah glory because He loves you. And He came to this earth and He took upon Himself my sin, your sin. Jesus took your sin upon Himself. And He went to the cross, not as a martyr, but as a sacrifice. And He laid His life down in our place and paid for our sin with His own blood on Calvary. Greatest friend you'll ever have is the Lord Jesus Christ. He loves you. He laid His life down for you. By the way, He picked it back up by His own power so that he, you could know, I have no greater friend than Him. He loves me and He laid His life down for me. By His own power, He's alive today. What a friend we have in Jesus. This morning, if you've never been saved, you're on your way to hell. If you don't know for a fact, if you died, you go to heaven right now. Listen, hell's a real place. I was on my way to hell. I told somebody the other day, I thought I was a good sinner that I'd get to heaven. I mean, I knew I was a sinner, but I was one of the, you know, I'm, I'm a good person. I was a good sinner. Some of y'all are good sinners. You understand that? You probably never heard that terminology, but that's the way you are. You look at how good I am. Well, you're a sinner. You're, you think you're a good sinner, but sinners go to hell. Bad sinners, good sinners. We go to hell because of sin. Oh, but we got a friend, a friend named Jesus that died in our place. Because He loves you. He took your sin upon His own self. And you know what He's doing you? He's offering you a gift of friendship. I have called you friends. By the way, you can reject that. You can say, no, I don't need that. I'm good the way I am. I'm as good as everybody else. And you'll still be a good sinner but die and go to hell. And it wouldn't be that the gift wasn't offered. It'd be that the gift wasn't received and you just simply rejected it. The truth of the matter is today, there's a gift of friendship. It is a gift that we give and receive from one another. But the greatest gift you and I will ever have given to us is the gift of friendship by the Lord Jesus Christ that He gave His life in our place and He offers you today eternal life if you would just trust Him as your Savior. Confess that you're a sinner and believe on Him and He'll save you. It's that simple. If it wasn't, I couldn't have got it. And then you'll be a receive Him. What a gift. What a friend we have in Jesus. By the way, He loves you as you are. He'll strengthen you. He'll help you. Some Christians have forgot that your greatest friend is Jesus. And you're discouraged and downcast this morning. 
You need to do what that song said. You just need to come to an old-fashioned halter. What a friend I've got in Jesus. Let me give him my burdens and my trials and my toils. The gift of friendship. It is something we need to give and receive to one another, but it's something we need to give and receive from the Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham was called the friend of God. As I was reading this text, it became more clear to me than ever in my life. You're my friends if you do whatsoever I've commanded you. Abraham just said, Lord, I love you, and I'm thankful you love me. And he followed him, and God said, you're my friend. I'd sure like Jesus to call me his friend someday. You're my friends if you do whatsoever I've commanded you. You've got to receive salvation. Receive him the gift of friendship. What a friend you have in Jesus. What have you done with that? You've either received it or rejected it. What have you done to get, make yourself friends with others? Are you giving and receiving it? You sure should. The gift of friendship. Every head bowed and every eye closed. We've got some going to be baptized. They can go ahead and be getting ready. There's some going to be brought in here to watch this, and uh, so they're going to go get them while we're giving an invitation. Now, the invitation is like this. There may be somebody this morning. I'm not going to do this. But if I left this pulpit and come back to where you're at, where you're sitting, and I got you by the hand, and I ask you the question that Charlie Shaver asked me the morning I got saved, if you died right now, do you know you go to heaven? Could you give me a good firm handshake, look me square in the eye, and say, yes, Mike, I know if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. There's no doubt about it. I have been born again. I have received Christ as my Savior, and I've received that wonderful gift of salvation. Could you say that without hesitation and know it? Now, if you could not say that, and you'd say something like I said, well, I hope so. I think so. And let me say in love to you what Charlie said to me. You're going to die and go to hell. But you don't have to. Jesus loves you. Why don't you come and let one of our person workers take a Bible? You say, I've got questions about this. We'll answer your questions from the Word of God. We'll show you from the Bible how to know you're going to heaven. And if you're not sure of it, why don't you come this morning and let one of our personal workers deal with you. I'll deal with you. And we'll show you how that you can know you're going to heaven. So we're going to give the invitation this morning. Won't you stand to your feet? Keep your heads bowed. Invitations being given. Would you come this morning?